and welcome to the Peaceful Pastures podcast, finding peace in the pastures, spending 10 minutes each day with your shepherd. I am Pastor Daniel Lewig, and this podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministries of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. On day three, we put the Bible in color. I had the privilege of visiting the Holy Land and taking a boat ride out onto the Sea of Galilee. Putting myself there allowed me to better understand the region, the examples in Scripture. To put in color the picture the Bible lesson was describing. While we may not be able to physically visit the Holy Land today, our goal is the same, to place ourselves in the lesson. What would be going through your mind as you lived through these chapters? This week we have listened to chapters 17 through 20 of the book of Genesis. Let's explore what's taking place surrounding this lesson. But before we do, let us begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Today we are going to be putting ourselves in the shoes of Lot. Lot serves as a cautionary tale. If we recall back to Genesis chapter 13, Lot has his pick of the land and chooses the land near Sodom. He wanted to be near the cities. Despite their well-known reputation, even at this time, it was not a surprise that Sodom was a godless city. Their wickedness, their sinfulness, was well known by everyone in the area. We see in Genesis chapter 14 that the city was not well fortified, and it almost cost Lot his life. As this battle takes place between kings of different cities, and Lot is captured, and it is Abraham who goes and rescues him and brings him back. You wonder why would you go back to Sodom? Perhaps maybe finding a place that is more safe or more suitable for a family. But it's in Genesis chapter 19, in our chapters for us this week, in verse 1, where it references Lot was sitting in the gatehouse of Sodom. Well, what does it mean that Lot was sitting in the gatehouse of Sodom? The People's Bible gives this description. In ancient times, the city gate was the focal point for much of the activity of the population. The rooms adjoining the gate would in times of war be occupied by army defenders. But in times of peace, these rooms would be used as courtrooms, meeting rooms, and classrooms for the city fathers, businessmen, and teachers and students. Since Lot is described as sitting in the gateway of the city, we conclude that he was active in the business life of Sodom. What this tells us is Lot enjoyed being a businessman. He loved the city life. He loved what the world could offer. Is that wrong? Not at all. So what's the problem? Well, let us look a little deeper at how Lot examined his pro-con list for the choices that he made in his life. For the choices he made of where to live, how to work, 
how to raise a family. Where does Lot express his biggest desire? What's on his must-haves? And perhaps just as importantly, what isn't on that list? What is he willing to concede on? The area where he was living was spiritually damaging to him and to his family. When God is ready to rain down fire in judgment on the wickedness of the city, Lot's reaction is still one of hesitating. Lot still doesn't want to give up the city and business life that he is enjoying. He is willing to look past a multitude of wickedness and think not much of it. So again, look back at where does Lot express his desire? What are his must-haves? But what's not on that list that should be? Yes, the area where he was living was spiritually damaging to him and to his family, but he also doesn't take the time to instill godly values when the society around him is teaching different values. Throughout this chapter, do you see anyone in Lot's family that is expressing concern over the immorality of where they are living or the readiness to quickly follow God's judgment? There seems to be more surprise at God's action than an acknowledgement of the well-known wickedness of the city. What this shows us is Lot was willing to lower his spiritual standards to succeed by the world's standards. He was willing to spiritually compromise. And what is the result? It affected his parenting and family. It affected his marriage. It affected his whole life. In chapter 19, verse 14, it says that Lot spoke to his sons-in-law, and he tells them that God was going to destroy the city. And their reaction? They thought he was joking. Now, all of a sudden, he is concerned with the corruptness of Sodom? In verses 30 through 37, we see the immorality of his daughters and of his own sinful personal choices. That whole setting reflected a stronger relationship to where they lived versus a strong relationship to God. Their actions make sense in light of the way the city in which they grew up in lived versus the way that a child of God would live. In verse 26, we see how Lot's wife looks back longingly, ignores the one command that they are told not to do, to move forward and not look back. The lifestyle that brought God's judgment and ruined hearts and lives. Lot's wife longingly wanted it back, and it cost her her life. So what did Lot gain? Go back when he was looking at his choice of land, of where to live, of where to work, of where to raise a family. 
look back at his criteria and what he was hoping to gain. What does Lot gain in the end? He lost his wife. He lost family members. He lost his home. And now had children who no longer recognized morality or following God's law. All for things that he couldn't take with him. Lot valued the wrong things, and it cost him dearly. This is the last we hear of Lot. It's a tragic, heartbreaking, and cautionary tale. Here's the lesson we are to ponder from, the, from this chapter. Where are you like Lot, willing to spiritually compromise? To look the other way? To minimize the danger? In order to more enjoy the world around you? What messaging are you sending to your children about the importance of following God's word, of the importance of a close relationship with God, where time with him is precious, not just by your words, but by your actions? The danger of this text is if you wait until you think your children are in danger to say anything, you risk them not taking you seriously. And this lesson is the same with friends, family, and neighbors. The need for consistent messaging, consistent practice. The dangers of allowing yourself to spiritually compromise. And the desperate need to be connected to God. If Lot was connected to his God, he never would have hesitated. If we look at Lot's life, it isn't just one decision that causes regret. It isn't just one big decision, even with saying where he chose to live. It is a series of little decisions, of small compromises. And it leads to big, disastrous results. It might seem like this text is extremely negative and tragic. But there is a silver lining of grace here. The silver lining of grace is this. As long as there is breath in your lungs, it is never too late. Despite all of Lot's terrible and tragic decisions, What happens at the beginning of this chapter? God comes to Lot. In spite of his sin, in spite of his hesitation, God in his grace and mercy came to Lot when Lot never came to him. Notice what's missing in this chapter. It's Abraham who calls out for mercy upon the city of Sodom. We don't see a record here of this same type of strong relationship to God. But God in his mercy and grace and forgiveness comes to Lot. In his grace and mercy, he spares his family and brings them 
out of this destruction. God continually comes to his wayward believers, no matter how many poor choices are made, no matter how many sinful decisions we make. There is a forgiving God who still wants to take you by the hand and lead you to eternal safety. The questions I need to ask myself from this chapter is this. Do I need to change my messaging? Is my messaging not consistent in practice or in word? Or are my words and actions, my willingness to spiritually compromise, sending a different message altogether? Am I not as concerned about teaching my family the beautiful life of walking with God as I should? We are sometimes worried about teaching too much that we don't teach at all. The reality is lessons are being taught every day by my action and by my inaction. And if I'm not leading the lesson, then the world is. If you don't show them the value, the world never will. Abraham reflected a life Lot desperately needed to speak justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. To love God's word and practice God's word means to speak justice, to teach your family what to do and not to do according to God, to love mercy, to rejoice in the forgiving love of God who comes to us especially when we make mistakes. To love forgiveness, given to each other, given through God, because of his grace that is found in his word. And it is that word that is what drives us to walk humbly with our God. This podcast's goal is to encourage you to spend time in your pastures with your shepherd and walk with him. May that be your goal and the goal for your family as well. This wraps up today's podcast. We invite you to join in next time and take the opportunity to share our podcast with someone in your life who could use some peace in the pastures. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at Christ Countryside Wells, W-E-L-S, at yahoo.com. Our podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministry of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. Music used with permission from Koine, part of their soundtrack to Oh That the Lord Would Guide My Ways. You can find their music on iTunes and many other online musical stores. Scripture used in this podcast is from the Evangelical Heritage Version, used with permission from the Wartburg Project. This is Pastor Daniel Lewig wishing you God's richest blessings on your day.